The Nuggets wrap preseason with a win. Jokic looks awesome. Got some questions about some of the combinations we're going to see this season. I've got takes off of what we've seen in preseason. All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. I appreciate all you everydayers and being a part of our community. Really appreciate you guys being with us. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Coming to you solo on a Thursday night. I'm actually recording this and not doing our usual live stream. Uh, just didn't feel like going through all the tech stuff uh, after the last preseason game of the season. As you're listening to this, you will be able to catch on Friday morning, Swipa and Adam with their preseason like wrap-up thoughts uh, in the morning of Friday. And then another show uh, in podcast form, you'll be able to listen to that show later in the day on Friday. So five days a week for you on the show. On today's show, going to wrap up the last preseason game for the Denver Nuggets and a win over the Los Angeles Clippers. We'll talk about what we saw in that game. Um, what we didn't see, we'll talk about some big takeaways in particular. Uh, I've got three kind of key takes that I want to get into uh, as the show goes along. We'll talk about one guy I kind of like, which is Braxton Key. He's not going to be a major part of the show, but I do want to mention I like Braxton Key. Uh, and we'll talk about the rest of the game. Uh, let's start kind of here. Uh, Nuggets get the win, 103.90. Uh, good preseason in terms of the overall performance, right? Like, I always say what you just don't want to have happen is you just don't want to be winless in preseason. It's a bad, it, there's kind of a bad omen around it. You tend to lose, have bad seasons more than not. It doesn't necessarily determine it. Some of the data is a little bit fuzzy on it. So it's not huge. It's not like massive, but I do think it's kind of like, it's good that the nuggets have been able to have the kind of preseason that they have. Um, they were able to finish up, look good, accomplish the things that they wanted to, to accomplish, find out some things in preseason. And in this one, you know, I think you're really going to, you're going to point to a story. Uh, there's, there's two stories. I think one is like, man, bones Highland really wants to get revenge on the nuggets. Uh, bones finishes with 25 points, seven boards, six assists, two steals, 10 of 15 from the field in 25 minutes. He had 25 points in 25 minutes uh, as a starting spot for the Los Angeles Clippers versus his former team. And like, look, I, one, I don't, may, maybe he wasn't going extra hard because it's Nuggets, right? Because Bones also needs to play like this all the time because he's got to get, he has to cement a role on a pretty deep team that has championship aspirations. Um, but it was just kind of interesting to see how hard he kind of went at this game. And he really went at everybody. Uh, you know, there was a possession early on where he cooked Reggie Jackson with a post-up dribble into a post-up uh, fake and then up and under move. And you're like, oh, it's Reggie Jackson. And he got Aaron Gordon on the exact same move later in the in the half. It was really kind of it was really kind of funny. But the big takeaway is Nikola Jokic, who goes in this game. Jokic goes nine of fifteen from the field. He goes for 25 points in 28 minutes with 14 boards, eight assists, one steal, just one turnover, three of six from three-point range, and then finishes with a plus four in this game. And Joker just looked amazing. He just looked absolutely amazing. And my takeaway, 
leads to a prediction. And my prediction is this. Nikola Jokic is going to have the best impact season of his career. What that means is he's not going to put up the most points or the most rebounds or the most assists of his career. I don't think he'll lead. I don't think he'll have career best in any of those categories or field goal percentage. But I think that he will have the best plus minus. And that's pretty high bar for a guy that has been dominant in those categories the last couple of years. The biggest thing, the thing that can make the Nuggets floor so high that they just breeze over 50 wins and into the mid 50s, high 50s, close to 60, is if Nikola Jokic is just so effortlessly good that there's never any exhaustion, fatigue, there's no cost to it. He is just so good that he is able to dominate games with a very casual lightness in the way that if you go back and you watch mid to late bird seasons, that's what he used to do. If you watch, honestly, like 14-ish to 18 LeBron, same deal. Like he can just dominate these games at such a high level. And it's not just him. If you watch the starters, there is an effortlessness to all of it. Like it's the game is coming easier to, to Jamal Murray than it ever has before. The game is coming easier to Aaron Gordon than it ever has before. Contavious Caldwell Pope feels extremely comfortable with this team and in his role and in his spot and in everything that he needs to do for this team. Um, that fifth starter is occupied by Michael Porter Jr., who once again did not play in this game due to the ankle injury. Uh, we'll see how he looks on the opening night. But I think there's a very good chance that Nikola Jokic actually eclipses his previous marks in terms of plus minus, which again, I need to stress this. That's a very high bar for him to pass. He's been the most impactful player over the last four years. And I think he's set to have his most impactful one. I don't think the stats are going to be there, but I just think you're going to look up and be like, instead of it being like, Oh yeah, they're up 10. It's like, Oh, they're up 15. Oh, they're up 20. There may be a legitimate chance this season for the Nuggets to actually be able to be up enough to rest starters. That depends on the bench who we'll talk about, but Jokic's overwhelming presence on these game in these games. I mean, it's just really difficult to to put into words. Like there's just so many sequences where he's making play after play after play. And, you know, I went back after the game and I just rewatched clip by clip by clip. And there are the, just these stretches where it's whip pass, whip pass, lob, bounce pass, three-pointer, running, <laughs> finish, and one. Like these sequences where he just hits you and there really is nothing that you can do. And that level of domination is extremely hard to reach. But more than anything, it's hard to slow down because nothing that Joker's doing is based off of he's in great shape and so his game's in a good place. It's not, yeah, his shot is really good right now because he's in good condition. It's just an understanding and knowledge of the game. There are not things that can slow this Joker down. Like, there, if he is healthy, there is nothing the defense can do. He has too many ways to hurt you. And his teammates, to their credit, understand how to take advantage of whatever it is that the opponent brings to the floor. This is going to be, I think, one of the best Jokic seasons. And that's coming off of two seasons where he was MVP and a third where he probably deserved to be MVP. 
And I still think this is going to be one that for basketball heads like me, I'm going to go, you know, I know that his numbers weren't that good that season, but do you remember after they won the title in 2023-24, that's what this team looks like to me because it is so effortless the way that the Nugget starters are able to dominate the game on the offensive side of the floor. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit about some of the other contributors. We'll talk a little bit more about okay, we've talked about the good with this unit. What am I seeing with the rest of it, especially versus the Clippers? In particular, there's one defensive habit I think that continues to be a real issue for Denver. We'll talk about that. I want to give a shout out to a guy that on the bench that I think is looking pretty good and hasn't gotten a lot of run. Uh, We'll talk about all of those things as we continue on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Uh, I'm betting on the Broncos this weekend. You should not be a point and a half dogs to the Green Bay Packers at home. The Broncos are bad. They are not that bad. And so I think there's real value on the Denver Broncos to get a win this weekend at home in the comfy status. Maybe, Maybe the Nuggets championship aura as they prepare for banner night will extend to the Broncos. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You can bet spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. NBA, they've got so many great futures up. Go take a look at all of them. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets, thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Friday. Uh, as you're listening to this, Adam Mares and Swipe will be with you. You'll have another episode later today from those two, recapping what they thought of preseason. So a little bit about what some of the other things from this uh, preseason game versus the Clippers, because uh, there is a continuing issue that I think is pretty significant. Um, Mares mentioned over on the DMVR show, they had a defensive rating of 90 in this game, and that's that's really good. Um, so it's like hard for me to super complain about how this thing is going at the same time. I think my biggest concern is I want to see not on opening night and not even on the Friday game versus Memphis. I want to see like in two weeks, once November rolls around, what does the transition defense look like? Because this team still has a real problem with stopping the ball. And they did a very good job of it in the playoffs. Like they have the gear. Okay. They've proven that. And I do kind of wonder though, how much of this is in the playoffs about the fact that it does slow down, that the game is slower. It's more half court teams do take their time. And I think that plays into the nugget strengths because you watch the, the Clippers tonight and they just, they got up and down the floor and they got into the paint before the Nuggets were even approaching a defensive attempt. There has to be a better emphasis on stopping the ball. It's just going to continue to be, I think, a real problem for how this team is built. Uh, And look, they're always going to be a little bit on the slow side in transition because of Nikola. That's just going to be the reality because he's not, he's not Miles Turner huffing it up and down the floor. He's still, he's fast. He's beat, he whipped Anthony Davis's, uh, backside up and down the floor in terms of speed in the conference finals. But they are the Nuggets are a slow team, and they're always going to kind of get beat in transition a little bit. 
But I do think that there, there's a lot that they can get better at about stopping the ball in transition and making sure that teams don't get downhill. And it wasn't just the starters. And, and that's the thing is like a lot of the reason I'm concerned about this is that it's not Nicola. It's not like, Oh, he made a, he beat a really good perimeter attempt. And then there was no rim protection because Joker was lagging behind. It's honestly not it. It's, it's just like guards don't pick them up fast enough, or if they do, they get completely beat. And some of this is young guys and inexperience in preseason with Hunter Tyson, et cetera. And if you're sitting here and you're going, Matt, it's preseason, like they're not going to be picking guys up at half court in preseason. You're absolutely right. I think my issue is that I wonder about their defensive ability to do so. Like, I'm just concerned that I don't think they have enough lateral foot speed on this team to be able to make those plays because you can't rely on KCP to do that all the time. And this is an area where Bruce Brown made a big difference. A pretty good counter to this would be, Hey, Christian Brown hasn't played in preseason. That's a pretty good counter, right? Cause Christian is a guy that can do those things. And he's done that before. Like he'll, he'll put a little bit of pressure at the ball handler on the perimeter just to get them to slow down and maybe get into their half court set. But I am worried a little bit about how routinely the nuggets get beat on the edge in transition and in mid transition where it's not necessarily a full on fast break, but like guys are getting back and then a guy makes a move and he's into the paint and they're able to score pretty easy. There has to be a level of bend don't break with the nuggets defense. If they're going to get into closer to 10 than 15 where they finished last season. I don't know, honestly, if that needs to be a priority for this team. You know, like Malone's always going to say, Malone was back tonight, by the way. I want to welcome him back. Um, Malone's always going to say he wants his teams to be top five in defense. Like, that's something that he wants and cares about, and there's good reasons for it. But I don't think it's realistic. At the same time, the slide between 15 and 20 matters. Denver needs to not be 18, 19, 20 in defense. They don't have to be six, seven, eight, but they need to not be. 16, 17, 18, 19. They especially need to stay out of the 20s. You start to get in the 20s, and no matter how dominant you are offensively, it's just a chore every night. It makes it, you're not going to have, if you, let me put it this way. We talked about those nights when the Nuggets are up 20 and they can rest starters. You're not going to have that if your defense is 20th. You're just not. You're going to have to be closer to 10. Like the Nuggets range for a defensive rating is probably, and this is based off of like, okay, let's do deductive logic based off of precedent. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? It just doesn't work that way and weird things happen. But let's assume that that rational play wins out. They're going to be somewhere between 10 and 20. And where they are on that scale is going to determine a lot of their floor and their margin for error in these games throughout the course of the regular season. And that's where allowing easy points in transition, which this is what I think is really funny. I think Denver is really good defensively in half-court matchups versus stars. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook didn't play tonight. Much easier to, to defend them. And look, they again, they had a 90 defensive rating in this game. But I do kind of think that junk ball... And a little bit of randomness. And we see this with the Raptors games, right? When Denver's had trouble with Toronto, where it's just, hey, we just have a bunch of athletes and we're just going to run at you. They struggle with that a little bit. They're much better at half-court execution because they've worked hard to solve those things. Um, but I do think that the Nuggets are going to have to find some ways to improve their transition and mid-transition defense just to stop the ball. You just got to slow them down a little bit. A couple other things on the defensive side that I noticed tonight. 
there is um, Justin Holiday has a pretty bad habit, and this is pretty common for guys that are new to Denver. Of you have to be very quick with your help assignments on Denver. They don't win a lot of like 50 50 balls. They don't dominate in terms of um, digging the ball out. They're not a great steal team. And so when there are moments when the ball stops and you see an opportunity to, to kind of go in and help for a steal, those are times when you actually need to make sure that your recoveries are good on the perimeter because Jamal's not going to win a lot of those contests. And I don't think Joker will a lot of the time either. And so what winds up happening is guys will commit trying to make a play and then the ball gets swung out and it's an open three. You kind of have to protect against it. There needs to be, honestly, I think from Justin Holiday, maybe a little bit more cautiousness like play a little bit more prevent with the defense on that side i think that might help some of those possessions for him i still like the looks that justin holiday is helping them create uh he hasn't knocked him down like julian strother and i think strother deserves to play in the regular season like, i think he deserves to play on opening night i don't think he will but i think he deserves to play on opening night um but justin holiday i think can bring a lot to the table but these little things you have to kind of learn along the way I want to give a shout out to Braxton Key, who I think has actually played really well in preseason. Um, you know, look, tonight, I, I'm I'm not like, it's not Julian Strother, right? Braxton Key was two of three from the field in 16 minutes, six points, two steals, uh, rebound and an assist for Strother, but, or I'm sorry, for Braxton Key. But I've, I've liked what Braxton Key has kind of brought to the table. The plus minus kind of reflects this. I just, I've liked him since I saw him in when I looked at how I did the pre-work on him, when they had him to the team, um, liked him in the first preseason game. I I've seen consistently good things. Like I kind of like what Braxton key has brought to the, the team more so maybe than Hunter Tyson who got a lot of run with the starters tonight. And, you know, still honestly just a little, a little bit lost and a little bit overwhelmed by the speed of the game. And that's okay. Like Hunter had a great pre had a great summer league. It didn't translate necessarily into preseason. He's a young player. There's time. You know, maybe he's much better by midseason the way Peyton Watson was. Speaking of which, um, not still not thrilled about Peyton Watson. Uh, there was a, a sequence tonight where he kind of got mixed up on a play and allowed a dunk. And he was, I think he was confused because I, th I think he thought he switched off to Zeke. And maybe he did. And I just missed off the, the call out there. Um, but, you know, there's a play where he's trying to dribble on the perimeter, he's trying to drive and he dri drives into a double team. The second that that second guy shows you have to reverse the ball and he didn't. And you can tell the guys on the other side were like, okay. And they got them deep in the clock. And so Reggie Jackson had to take an emergency shot and you just don't want those kind of possessions. So there's still a lot of concerns. I think from, um, from Peyton Watson, if you missed the game, by the way, no Christian Brown, no Michael Porter Jr. And Julian Strother got the night off. Uh, Strother's put in a lot of work and kind of has proved himself. And so this was honestly, I just think more of a, Hey, let's see Hunter Tyson with the starters. Let's see what that looks like. Uh, you know, he started tonight. Let's, let's get Braxton key some minutes. Um, yeah, they took a look, a longer look at Peyton Watson with 20 minutes in the second half. Honestly, they he didn't play in the first half, which we all thought was kind of interesting. Um, and then some more minutes for Zeke tonight. Zeke was fine. Zeke battled on a couple of plays, drew some fouls. That's one thing that is kind of good about Zeke is that he will, he is willing to drive into contact and, and draw a foul. Like he's not just going to like loft up a floater or a short jumper. He's willing to go in and do the dirty work. Uh, if he can just stay healthy, that's, that's a positive. Cause that's honestly a pretty good way for that defensive unit to operate. Um, 
one more like kind of note, and this will lead us into our final segment. One of the things I want to talk about there. I'm worried about the second unit's rebounding. Uh, the first unit's rebounding is so ridiculous because, again, like Nicola in this game had 14 rebounds in 28 minutes. Like, it's just absurd how this guy, his rebounding dominance is unbelievable. And Aaron's willing to soak up a lot of that as well. They just don't have anybody on the second unit that can rebound. They just don't have anybody i mean your your second your leading rebounder on the second unit was uh zeke had six tonight and he he did really good work when he was on the floor i thought he like gave good effort in those but there was one where it was like you know digging out random loose balls and again he's being asked to kind of do stuff on the perimeter they're a little undersized in the second unit because the young guys are so aren't don't have two years of strength and conditioning training and that, to me, makes me a little bit worried for what that's going to look like. The other thing with that second unit is the two-guard lineup with Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray when Murray staggers. And, well, I got to take about that, and we'll talk about that next on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. So Jace Medical offers you the Jace case and the Jace case is absolutely incredible because it's got, it's a personalized emergency medication kit. It contains five essential antibiotics, which is pretty amazing. And you can customize it now with dozens of add-on medications. You can choose the medications that best fit you and your fam family's unique needs. Um, the FDA chief, Dr. Robert, Caliph has identified drug shortages and the need to strengthen the drug supply chain as a significant priority. So these issues and drug shortages have caused real problems. And I've seen this in Northern Colorado with various things just being out. The other problem is, you know, if you really are going to need these in an emergency, you may not be able to get to the kind of medical care, or maybe there's an emergency, whether it's a storm or whatever else, a natural disaster, you're going to need these medications and not be able to get them. And that's where the Jace case really comes in. So, absolutely handy um you can also buy a gift card for family or your loved ones so they can get a jace case of their own just go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a 20 discount on your order that's promo code locked on at jacemedical.com we'll be right back on locked on nuggets Back here on Lockdown Nuggets, thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Matt Moore with you on a Friday. Make sure to check out the show later today with Adam Mares and Swipa. Uh, final segment. There are certain things that you just know going into a season. Like, I know that we're going to have fights about Justin Holiday versus Julian Strother. I'm trying not to because Julian just looks amazing. He looks so good. Um, we knew last season there was going to be fights about Christian Brown versus Davon Reed. We, I knew there was going to be fights about Zeke Naji versus DeAndre Jordan. Um, there's certain things you can kind of predict. And one thing I'm just going to, and I, I predicted this when they signed DeAndre Jordan, which is he's going to play until Christmas. He's going to be a minus 57. He's going to be out of the rotation. And that's what happened. DeAndre was a vital part of them winning the title last year. He also was a, like a minus 60 by Christmas and was out of the rotation. There's just some things you can predict in the NBA season. The two guard lineups with Jamal Murray and Reggie Jackson aren't going to work. They're not going to work. There's a lot of reasons for this. It's not about the quality of players. It's just about how they operate. And some of this has to do with when Jamal has played with the bench unit in the past, he's thrived and played amazing. 
when it was Monte Morris. Monte is not like a considerably better player than Reggie Jackson. I think he's probably like, I'd rather have Monte for a number of reasons because of the things that I value, but like, he's not a phenomenally better player than Reggie Jackson and Reggie's got a lot more experience than Monte, but Monte's a very much a pure point guard. He's a floor general. Doesn't need to shoot. Doesn't necessarily look to shoot unless it's important for him to is consistent and low mistake. Reggie Jackson is not that, and that's not a knock on Reggie. Reggie brings different things to the table. Reggie can create. Reggie has more shot creation than Monte Morris does. And that's important. Like you need that. You know, when you don't need shot creation, when Jamal Murray's on the floor, that's when you don't need it. Those lineups are going to struggle. They're both going to have issues defensively with the similar type of guys. They're going to go back and forth with guys that are extremely quick with good touch around the rim, torching them. And they'll switch off and be like, okay, you take him. And then the other guy's going to get cooked. You can't keep asking KCP to clean up all these mistakes. You just can't do that. This again gets into why losing Bruce Brown is going to be a little bit of a problem. But offensively, there's also not a lot of like dynamicism either. There was a couple of sequences I thought were pretty good where Zeke and Reggie got into some DHO action and it worked. And Reggie looked really pretty comfortable there. I actually just think that Denver could really use some more DHO action with Zeke, but also Zeke's not really going to be that good at because he doesn't have a wide base. Uh, if you are one of the members of the Vlaco hive and saying this is why Vlaco would have helped, you're absolutely right. I think Vlaco and Reggie probably would have made each other better. But Vlaco's not going to be here. I honestly think that the Nuggets would be better off playing Jamal and Nicola in handcuffed units. And what I mean by that is they're going to play the first 10 minutes of the first quarter and then the last five minutes of the second. Last six, you know, depending on how many minutes you want to play them. That's they, they should, those two should play together always. And then you stagger Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, or MPJ. I honestly don't know what Jamal is going to do for the second unit that lifts their floor. It is not about how good of a player that Jamal Murray is. It is not how, like, Jamal's proven. Jamal doesn't need to, to pick up 15 points with the bench to prove how good he is. Everyone knows how good he is. He's He has earned his flowers, and everyone has given it to him for his playoff performance. And he may very well end up being an all-star this year. I don't love him as leading this particular second unit. If the second unit looked different, then sure. If it was nothing, but if it was like a great pick and roll or DHO center, like a Kelly Olenek um, or uh, Isaiah Stewart or... Um, Wendell Carter Jr., a number of guys could operate with Jamal and make that unit click if you just had shooters around them. But they don't have that. Okay, They have a switch-all unit that's built off of defensive malleability. If your entire defensive, if your entire identity of that second unit, and DeAndre Jordan said this, like that second unit is going to have to be defined by defense. If that second unit is going to be defined by defense, you can't play Jamal and Reggie Jackson together. I honestly don't even think Reggie's that bad of a defender. I don't. Like, I think Reggie could be totally fine taking the second to third primary assignment on, uh, versus any opponent. I think he's fine. He actually has some pretty good sequences tonight in terms of containment in pick and roll situations. Like, he and Joker did a very good job of hedging in various spots. Like, I like the way that Reggie looks next to Nicola defensively. 
key here is everyone looks good next to Nikola offensively. I like the way Reggie looked next to Nikola defensively, but Reggie and Jamal create too many issues. So at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, um, I'm not going to like lose my mind when they play it. It's just, you need to prepare yourself. This is going to be a problem. He's gonna. They are going to stagger Jamal Murray with the second unit. Those units are going to struggle. Reggie's going to take the majority of the blame. Some of it will be fair. Some of it won't be. They're going to lose those minutes. I don't see any. I can't say that I can see any other way that that works out. And they'll still win a lot of games and they'll still be a really good team. But it would be in their best interest to find some sort of solve for that. And for me, that would mean keeping Jamal with Nicola, destroy those minutes, keep them together, figure out other guys you can stagger with the second unit to make that work. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets for a Friday. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to tune in to Adam and Swipe a Lighter today on Friday. On Sunday night, World's Finest, we will start previewing the beginning of the season and the Lakers game. We'll continue that through into Tuesday's show with Swipa, and then we'll be off and running with post-game reacts all the way through, starting with ring night next Tuesday. Hope you guys have had a great week and a great off-season. Let's get to work. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.